Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. go now to our network election desk and anchor Kyone Wolf joined in progress. And when they cut the alligator open, Mrs. Rothman was inside totally fine. She's 98 and sharp as a tack. And while that, strictly speaking, is not an election story, it did happen today, which is election day. So you could say, hey, what is it? No, it's too early. The minute we know something, we'll tell everybody. That's one of the subtle ironies, I guess you could say, of Election Day coverage. There's just not much to say now, really. So how about this? Here's a cute story about an island near Greenland where Denmark and Canada both claim ownership. And so what they do is... Yeah, hi. So that's a no on the island story? I know you're worried. Everybody's worried. You know what they do in Senegal? We have this fascinating report on that. They sell you these little caged birds on the streets. They're called pithies, and you can buy one for 15 cents. And what you do is you whisper your worry to it, and and then you let the bird go free, and then it takes your worry away. Maybe we need some of those right here. Wait a minute. We've got some breaking news right here. There's a bulletin coming in, some news from the field, and it's four just the number four. No word so far on whether somebody's ahead by four or whether it's four something else, but we do have four as a confirmed number involved in this election somehow. Yeah. You know what? Go take a walk. It's a beautiful day out there. Everybody just go take a walk. Our election desk right now is projecting everybody going out for a walk and not bothering me for at least two hours. So go take a long walk. You can listen to this show in your earbuds. And now he spent the whole morning holding Merrick Garland's pale, clammy hand, Colin McEnroe. Yeah, Merrick Garland is so worried. He's like so worried. I mean, you think you're worried, but this, you know, not only does he have to worry about the presidential election, but then you also have to watch the Senate because, like, you know, if it's it's still Republican Senate, he can't be confirmed. Merrick Garland, by the way, is the sort of like the nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court. You've probably even forgotten who that was, right? But uh, but he's been sitting there waiting to see if he could be on the Supreme Court. And uh, he still doesn't know. He's very worried. Actually, Julia Pistol, this is how... <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with election days. You have so much time on your hands while you're waiting for something to happen. So Julia Pistel from the CT Improv Comedy Troupe and I decided on Twitter today that we would try to write Merrick Garland humor. We would try to come up with Merrick Garland jokes uh, just to pass the time and to relieve stress and pressure. So anyway, um, you can you see how well that went, right? I mean, Merrick Garland is comedy gold. Anyway, so here's what we're going to do today. We do this every single cycle. Uh, we get people together who are interesting people. They're not political professionals. They're not um, paid, they're not uh, candidates. Uh, for, I'm forgetting the words for people who run for things now. Uh, and we just let them talk about the experience of voting. We have them vote and we just uh, talk to them about what they saw, what they felt, 
what was coursing through their veins uh, as they went to the polls. And so the person who's, I think, done this more times than anybody else is Lara Herskovich. She's a singer-songwriter from Guilford. She is a former state troubadour of the great state of Connecticut. Uh, and her Lara Herskovich trio, which also includes, uh, I believe, uh, Chris Christopherson and Beyonce, will perform Friday, December 9th at 7.30 p.m. at the Southington Cultural Arts Center uh, in Southington, Connecticut. And I even have a phone number. You're not going to write this down, but whatever. Uh, it's 860-276-1581. But uh, Lara Herskovich has been a, an observer of the polls for us for a very, very long time. And so uh, she's doing it again today. And first of all, welcome back to our Citizen Observer program. Thank you. And I haven't heard from Chris Christopherson yet, yeah. but it, it's looking good. I think you just sort of say, I have a trio. You know, you'll see who they are. Um, and uh, so you voted th- today in Guilford. I, first of all, you describe the scene. Were there lots of people there? Were there people waving signs? What was happening? Yeah, uh, I did. I just voted about a half an hour ago. And I'm managing the like high levels of cortisol that are rushing through my veins, I think. Just like everyone else, I think you know, Colin. I've, I've said this before on this show. I love voting day. I I've studied political science. I do some work in the advocacy, legislative policy sphere, and I've often wished on voting day that other people were as excited about it as I always feel. And I've decided I'm not going to wish that anymore um, because we can't uh, control what direction they're going to be excited about it in. My voting location is is in a beautiful, picturesque, rural, really gorgeous Connecticut setting. There's there's rolling hills. It's the perfect autumn day, like the day that, the kind of day that says there's I don't have a care in the world, which is to say it doesn't match in the slightest way with how I'm feeling mm-hmm. and how you know everyone around me seems to to also be feeling. I I have been feeling alternatingly super meditative. You said the number four in your intro. I've been meditating in groups of three, so I'll try four because maybe that will help. I've been, you know, really bouncing back and forth between being super focused. I want to be prepared. If something happens, I want to be my best self to like work and make America better from that space, which is giving me a really big headache. Um, So I've also swung to feeling inspired, feeling sad. Mostly today I'm feeling really protective of democracy like it just this feels like such a high stakes election in our collective experiment to create a more perfect union not to be dramatic about it but that's really how i feel today so i went to the voting booth as i said about a half an hour ago i've never seen it busier the folks working at the polls said um when i asked them how the, how has the turnout been the official answer was huge um, and I did the yeah, I did the math as I was leaving. Uh, you know, the overflow lot was full, the main parking lot was full, and I I vote in North Guilford. Um, I don't know how many voting locations there are in my town, but this one in, anyway was at fifty percent already at twelve fifteen in the afternoon. I asked the guy as I was leaving. I decided to be an overachieving citizen reporter for you today, and I thought I'm gonna. I'm going to interview someone. I'm going to do a journalistic thing. And I I said, so has there been anything unusual today? And he very, very brusquely said, nope, nothing unusual. And I realized that he probably thought I was one of the people looking out for, you know, rigging of elections. Right. You could have been from the Department of Justice. Yeah. He doesn't know. Exactly. Well, this is. I'm not asking for that reason. I'm asking for general reasons. But never mind. I took my little 
I voted sticker sheepishly and, and walked off. All right. Well, uh, Laura Herskovich, yeah, you know, famously upon the conclusion of the Constitutional Convention, uh, supposedly a woman asked Benjamin Franklin, what did we wind up with, a monarchy or a republic? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. Uh, So it's probably right to feel protective today. Thank you so much for doing this. I think you're going to be on Facebook Live uh, later with us, right? That's still I'm happening. Going to be on Facebook Live, yes. All right, so there'll be more, more Lara Herskovich as the day goes on. Thanks very much for um, and since Lara's talking, uh, Wolfie, right now about uh, about meditating and uh, taking care of uh, herself and her emotions and her headache. Um, I know you were also asking people basically about their their emotional status, how they're planning to cope here on election day. Let's hear a little bit of that. You know, I'm just going to hide. I'm going to hide in children's television shows, and I'm going to. Check my internet as little as possible, and maybe I will play video games all day long to avoid checking the news. I'm going to be riding my mountain bike to the technical trails of West Rock Ridge State Park. They're really difficult and tricky, and don't leave room for thinking about anything else. To cope, I'm going to spend my night looking at scenic foreign vacation destinations and travel plans to see Europe. There might be alcohol involved sometime after 1 p.m. When night comes, I'm going to pop a big bowl of popcorn and sit around the TV and watch the results and wait up until I can do a little victory dance. I might make chicken soup with jalapenos for Hillary and taco bowls for Trump, just because. I'm going to spend five or six hours away from talking heads, projections, and listening to jazz. I'm going to buy some vegan comfort food and a lot of alcohol and probably stay up all night and torture myself if the numbers fluctuate. I'll probably snack throughout the day because that's what I do when I'm stressed. Tomorrow after I vote in the morning, I plan to spend the bulk of my day stimulating my brain waves and stretching my vocal cords by both listening to and watching Beyonce's Lemonade album, and I can't wait. Second time Beyonce has come up here. Uh, I want to say, first of all, we're on Facebook Live right now. This is on Facebook Live. This thing that I'm doing right now is on the WNPR page of Facebook being Facebook Lived or Facebooked Live. We still haven't worked out the verb structure there. Uh, but, yes, a second time Beyonce has uh, has come up today. Uh, and uh, obviously also nobody is honest about how many drugs they're taking. Uh, but those are people – that was a voicemail thing that we did. That's why they all sound like that. We asked people to call in. We, had, we had One other caller who said that we might have won a free cruise if we could go to a, if we would go to a seminar about a timeshare. We thought that maybe that was not a response to the question we had asked. All right. So we're asking all kinds of interesting people who have uh, interesting perspectives. Uh, let's go over to far eastern Connecticut, right on the border where there are, are just um, bow and arrow wars with Rhode Island all the time. Uh, joining us is uh, Kate Russian, poet, writer, and educator, uh, also a regular on our show. Kate, uh, I-, I take it that you have voted now. Yes, I have voted and I'm not that far east, Colin, just across the river Oh, it's, from e- it's East Hampton. Oh, East Hampton. Oh, I thought you were in Hampton. Hampton yeah. is the place that's on, on the bleeding edge of Connecticut, East Hampton. So you're, yes, right, you're, uh-huh. you're on the shores of Lake, Lake, Lake uh, Plunkety Plunk. Pog. Lake Pog. Yes, it's beautiful out here today. And tell us about voting. What did you see? What did you feel? Well, we voted at the, the middle school. Uh, the lot was full, but there were no lines, and it it was very smooth, and everything seemed rather quiet and almost subdued. 
uh, I actually drove around town looking to see what signs I saw, and I was surprised that I didn't see many signs either for Trump or Clinton. And um, most of the signs I saw were for uh, local candidates and um, Connecticut legislator legislators. And um, what I did see was lots of stars and stripes mm-hmm. as I was driving around. Only one stars and bars and only one don't tread on me. <laughs> and when I saw all the stars and stripes, I found that unexpectedly comforting, and and that actually made me feel a bit of hope. Yeah. So as you're a poet, you're an African American woman, so you're dangerous on three different scores. Did anyone try to repress you? Did anyone try to uh, get you not to vote? Well, I must say that I was. I guess I was a little touchy because I got a little uptight when the lady asked me for my ID. Mm-hmm. But that was fine. And I did notice that the Republican uh, candidate did not hand me his sticker, but I got him to take my picture afterwards. <laughs> All right. But, so there's peace. Uh, there's peace in East Hampton. Yeah. But let me tell you, I had on my white for my suffragists and I had on my red, white and blue civil rights cap for my family members who were prevented from voting in the past. And I thought a lot about Shirley Chisholm, the first African-American woman candidate for president for a major party. It's a great place to end it. Kate Russian, poet, writer, educator. We have to speed date with everybody. Ordinarily, I would talk to people for uh, much, much longer. Uh, So as we go along here, too, even though we have a lot of people booked to do this, uh, uh, as we go along here, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 860-275-7266. 860-275-7266. And we know there's problems in New Haven. We will hear at the end of the show today, I believe, from a young gentleman who did have to wait for two hours and 20 minutes to vote uh, in New Haven. So that'll be part of it. Uh, coming back uh, today as a Citizen Observer, I think he was with us last time around, is Josh Pollock, a minister with the Unitarian Universalist Society in Manchester. We're right, right east of the river here so far uh, in Manchester, uh, or uh, and actually also calling from Glastonbury. Josh, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. So uh, you voted today. Uh, describe the scene. Glastonbury's I, been very... You, you, you vote in Glastonbury, right? Yes. Yeah. Glastonbury's been very lively. I go to church there, and there's like, on Sundays, people out there waving signs around at the main intersection in town and stuff. Yeah, I'll say I, I voted at the Academy School, which is where the town hall is, mm-hmm. and it was uh, eerily quiet. I voted a little before 7 o'clock, and um, the the uh, the lot was full, as others have been saying. Although it didn't, there were no lines. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of people, but just moving in and out slowly, quietly. And the mist was rising off the solar panels back behind the building, and the sun was starting to come up. It was just a a gorgeous, gorgeous scene. It kind of took my breath away, but it it seemed somewhat uh, dissonant with with um, all that's been going on with this this campaign cycle the 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 thing i've been saying to my congregation is that um we've all seen campaigns that where one side or both have been abusive to the other side but this is the first time a campaign has really been abusive to the electorate and that just seemed at odds with this sort of sort of peaceful quiet that i encountered when i went to vote 
Yeah, I know. It's like a, a Rodgers and Hammerstein moment. Yeah. There's a fine golden mist on the solar panels. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, you have a chance to say one more transcendent thing, you know, as a Unitarian Universalist. Well, Did you I plug also, into the Oversoul at all, is what I'm asking. Right. Uh, the Oversoul was present. I told my congregation, don't go to vote with this spiritual scarcity that has been plaguing the nation. Don't go to vote with that in your heart. Go to vote with spiritual abundance in your heart. So do some spiritual practice before you go in, and don't go with hate or rage or dumbfoundedness, but go go with love Go with peace and uh, trust that your vote matters. And uh, I got that. I, I definitely felt felt um, that I had I'd achieved that to some degree. Although it's been a rough it's been a rough eighteen months. <laughs> it has. All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being with us today. That's Josh Pollock. He's the minister at Unitarian Universal Society East in Manchester. Uh, and so, what should we do now? Should we go to a break? First of all, I have I do have I have two reports. One of them is we're sticking with our earlier projection. The number four will be important in this election somehow. Watch for a four. Four is going to come up. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Four is going to be tremendous. Uh, also, um, perhaps on a lower, more <laughs> concrete level, from the Secretary of State's office right now, as of midday, with 115 towns reporting, the statewide average for turnout was about 29%. So uh, lots more to go uh, as the day goes on. Betsy Kaplan, should we take a break? What, what do you want to do? you want to take a break? Or do you want to do one more person? Uh, no, I don't know what she's saying. All right, so I'm going to do one more person. I'm going to do Charlotte, and then we'll take a break. Betsy Kaplan, by the way, who's the producer of this show, is leaving immediately after the show, or maybe just tomorrow morning, for Australia. And she's sort of the senior producer here, and she's kind of our rock. And we don't know what it's going to be like. Cause she, we don't, A, don't know if she's coming back from Australia. B, she could be killed by a poisonous spider over there. Uh, C, we just have never done without Betsy Kaplan for such a long period of time. So we're not at all confident uh, that we'll get through it. So I'd like to just introduce that note of subliminal anxiety. As we go to Charlotte Ross, we're still east of Connecticut. Uh, Charlotte Ross is co-owner of Sweet Acre Farm uh, in Lebanon. She's done this uh, with us before. So Charlotte, a welcome to our Citizens Observer show. Hey there, Colin. How you doing? Good. So there's probably a fine golden mist on the meadows of Lebanon today, too. <laughs> Always. Um, yeah, that was a really nice, peaceful message from your last caller. That was great. Yeah. Um, and a really nice counter to, I feel like, a lot of the basically anxiety that I've been hearing and feeling from uh, people about this election cycle. Um, yeah, basically everyone I checked in with this morning was kind of the the polling place itself was very friendly. It was very busy, mm-hmm. um, but very civil, and you know there was again no nothing standing out as um, representing the kind of vitriol we've seen this cycle. But um, I think people are just bated breath and uh, and really nervous that we've done a lot of damage to each other and, um, you know, waiting to see what the next step will be and how we can patch it back together. Um, Charlotte, it's almost as though this election was a bunch of cabbage worms just crunching away, (laughs) crunching away at the stem and leaf of American democracy. As a farmer, you must feel that keenly. Yes, you put it so well. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I want you, after this phone call, I want you to go out into the fields. There's still things growing out in the fields, right? You still have you know, big squashes and things like that. that are Yeah, and you know, kale with holes in it is still as nutritious as, as, you know, the beautiful stuff we bring to market. But I think it's time to go out there and and say to any pests that are out there, you've got until 8 o'clock, 
and then you're out of my life right now. And also, (laughs) and reassure the vegetables. I I don't know whether you actually talk to the vegetables in your field, but I think it would be nice today if you could say to them, to the poor pumpkins, you know, we're still sitting out there, it's almost over, pumpkins. (laughs) I know, the whole world down to the plants are just waiting for this to end. Yeah, I mean, I really think that uh, I was was more optimistic yesterday. I was really kind of excited just about the idea of it being over. Um, I think today feels like, well, will it really be over? And I happened to have a dental appointment this morning, and I ended up, like, hugging it out with my dental hygienist. <laughs> you know, both of us saying, it'll be okay. We'll be all right. <laughs> we, we encourage everybody, everybody, to hug it out with your dental hygienist. And call your dental hygienist Pumpkin, too. Say, it's going to be okay, Pumpkin, and then hug your dental hy- hygienist. All right. Uh, It might not go well in certain circumstances. Depends what kind of footing you're on with your dental hygienist. All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. We've got Tracy calling in from West Hartford. We've got lots of other guests for you to do, uh, including a very famous New Yorker cartoonist and a very famous juggler and some other people who are also, you know, important. You got to make sure that you vote. You got to vote because it is the right thing to do. You got to exercise your right as a citizen of the On election day, how do you plan on coping with the stress? I'm going to teach Pilates for an hour, then I'm going to swim and hopefully leave all of my anxiety in the pool and then probably do some self-medicating once I get home for the evening. Probably have a few drinks while I watch the returns and keep all of my fingers and toes crossed. I'm going to get a lot of sleep and get my mind clear because this decision is going to affect us for four years or eight years. I'm going to try to like stay off of social media and just like watch comedies and stuff like that. I am not going to turn the TV on at all. I think I'm just going to vote and then wait till the next morning. I will be watching all night long. Oh, see, I'm thinking I'm going to go to bed early and not let lose sleep over it, but I know I will stay up late. <laughs> I can't wait for this to be over. It's such a nightmare. So I don't want to watch the stress of the 6 o'clock news, the 7 and the 8 o'clock updates. I will probably be partaking a little in in a little bit of wine while I'm watching, for sure. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of caffeine to (laughs) wait for the results and then a lot of wine to cope with the results. I'm going to say a prayer to the universe and to the higher power and hope that it turns out okay. Those are people enjoying themselves or otherwise. It's Sarah's Coffee coffee House in downtown Hartford in Bin 228, a lovely tapas-style restaurant in Hartford as well. Uh, those were collected by our own Kion Wolf. This is our Citizen Observer program, and we ask uh, very special people that we know. Uh, you're all special people, but very special people that we know uh, to go to the polls and then tell us what it felt like. Uh, and we're also inviting as many of you as we can squeeze in to call in to us as well. So here's Tracy in West Hartford. Hi, Tracy. You're on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've been thinking about how I've been coping with the stress today, and what I've been doing is following the um, World Cup of Wingsuit Acrobatic Flying, which is taking place in Florida, but a um, Connecticut team just won the gold medal in that competition. And what is this, a, a winged suit? A wingsuit. It is a, it's a skydiving competition where the suits that they wear are sort of like... Um, they, they have extra fabric to them, sort of like a, a flying squirrel, and it allows them to stay in the air longer during free fall, and they um, perform acrobatic maneuvers, and they're judged on 
the the technicals and the um, you know the yeah. difficulty of that and um, a U.S. team just just won. Well, I, I have one little gloss that I can put on that. First of all, um, today there's a ballot question in Florida about whether to release, release genetically modified mosquitoes uh, into the Florida Keys with the idea that these uh, mosquitoes would interbreed with Zika-carrying mosquitoes and then the mosquitoes would all die out or something like that. But, I mean, you know, it's gen- genetically modified mosquito. It could, be, it could bite somebody down there, and that person could grow actual wings. Uh, or you could have, like, a blood-sucking flying alligator, that kind of thing. So um, believe me, we're not out of the woods yet, not to gin up your anxieties anymore. But, Tracy, thank you so much for sharing that. I I think watching people try to fly <laughs> is probably about as good an idea as, as— and it's sort of a nice segue into uh, Mark Seth Lender, who's our next guest here. Uh, we wanted to have somebody who knew about the world of nature. Mark Seth Lender uh, is a producer and writer for Living on Earth. He lives on the Connecticut shoreline. He's been with us before. Uh, he knows that people aren't really supposed to fly. Birds are supposed to fly. Uh, he's joining us now. Uh, welcome back to our show, sir. Hi, Colin. How are you? Good. So uh, let's talk about voting today. Uh, you voted along the Connecticut shoreline, not unlike one of our other guests. Uh, how did it feel? What did you see? What was the mood? Well, it was it was very somber, I would say. Nobody was talking. Everybody was very quiet. Um, and we had a lot of people, more voters than I've ever seen, more traffic than I've ever seen. And I had a I had a reaction I, I wasn't expecting. I, I left the polling place feeling quite depressed until I heard about the human flying squirrel <laughs> and my mood has changed a hundred percent. I'm, I'm next time I vote, I'm voting for a flying squirrel. Right. It could be where we're headed as a species. Uh, you know, I don't know, three or four cycles out, maybe more of us will have wings or some kind of membrane stretching in our armpits. So as you're uh, very in touch with the natural world, more than most of us, how does the natural world feel to Are the bitterns picking up on our anxiety, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I think the question is whether we're picking up on their anxiety because um, <laughs> one of the reasons I was feeling a little low was I, I, I felt that, you know, we're, we're in, a, in a very unique moment of history um, resembling when there was some Tyrannosaurus Rex who looked up and saw the asteroid uh, going overhead and said, uh, gee, Harry, what do you think this means? And his buddy said, you know, I don't think we'll have to save any of the uh, Stegosaurus for later. And I, I kind of feel like that. Um, the, the things I've encountered make me literally fearful for most of life on Earth, and not so much us because we've got these nice opposable thumbs. We'll figure out a way, but I don't know if our culture is going to survive. And I, I don't feel that anyone except um, Bernie Sanders, and even they're not a great deal, uh, talked much about that. Um, I and I, and I think I think we need to pay attention. Right. No, I certainly climate change never came up in the debates. Nothing like that. So that is disturbing. Um, and but uh, it doesn't have to be an extinction event. Uh, it you know it could come out differently. Well, and habitat loss too. Um, I, I was just in the Masai Mara, and they have pretty much fenced everything in right up to the edge of the preserve. Mm. So. Um, you just have this sense of encroachment and loss, and totally, and, that, and that's kind of tough. Um, but I was serious about the flying squirrels. I really do feel better. I think that I think that um, we'll muddle through into the next presidency, and hopefully, we 
haven't done ourselves too much damage in the way the electoral process has been um, has been adjudicated, and and the nation will will struggle on, and maybe even some of these important things will will um, come up and at least be talked about. Either that, or we'll just climb up into the northern Rockies and glide into Canada. Just leap off there and glide into Canada. All right, our next guest, our next citizen observer is Barry Blitt. He's a cartoonist at The New Yorker. You've seen so many of his uh, his signature covers. They even have his signature on them, so you know that they are signature covers. Uh, And Barry and I got to know each other uh, at an event up in Wisdom House, and I thought, wow, Barry Blitt votes in Connecticut. We've got to find out what that's like. So now we've finally gotten west of the river. We've gone to the far west part uh, of Connecticut. Barry, uh, welcome to our conversation. Well, thanks, Colin. Nice to talk to you. So this is, is this the first time you've voted either for or against people you've drawn? Uh, let me parse that sentence out. Uh, no, I think I voted maybe in Canada against people I've drawn. <laughs> but this is my first uh, American election. I became a citizen a couple of years ago. So it's quite an election to, to, to choose to vote in. Yeah, don't let that really shape your thinking. You know, there are going to be other elections you vote in that, you know, are going to be maybe a little bit more uplifting to your soul. So you're you're in a similar position to a lot of us, but maybe especially you. What's bad for America is often good for business. So, uh, Yeah, I'm not sure I'd necessarily buy that, but go ahead. So, but I, I assume you 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 put all that aside and just—I mean, first of all, were you excited? Were you excited to be voting in your first American election? I, I was, yeah. I mean, leading up to it today, I sort of woke up on the wrong side of the bed and sort of, uh, you know, I sort of stumbled over to the polling place, and and it, it was it was very cheery there. Actually, it was very Norman Rockwellian. I mean, all the participants were, you know, over sixty. Maybe they were all over seventy. I, I live in Roxbury, after all, but it was it was it was the atmosphere was extremely pleasant and and uh, and, I, and I feel like I should be more tense and nervous about this. It seems like it seems like the uh, the results are in the bag. I, I guess I shouldn't talk that way, should I? Well, no, you're free to talk. That's a great thing. Unlike Canada, you can say anything you want here. Yeah, I know, but when what doesn't want to appear. Uh, Pollyanna-ish. No, true. Well, yeah, you want to be right, but uh, <laughs> no, I, th- you know, I think, uh, I think that's certainly the, the direction things are moving in. But we don't know anything yet. Well, Barry, um, first of all, congratulations, congratulations on your first vote, and may there be many more. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could end up back in Canada, as your previous caller said. It'd be probably easier for me than him. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, you know, a lot of street locations and stuff like that. It'll be a, a smoother trans- transition for you. We've got oh, Hillary's calling in. She's actually calling us. That's really exciting. OK, uh, I didn't expect this. Hillary is calling us from Naugatuck. Hi, Hillary. <laughs> Hi there. Hillary with one L. Oh, oh. Not well, I'm, I'm no, I'm I just know. as excited. No, I am every <laughs> bit as excited to talk to you. I wish I felt excited still. You know, I've, I had my outfit picked out. I had my white for, you know, suffragette sister, and I'd been looking at Pantsuit Nation on those, you know, that secret Facebook group, and I had mustered up some, some confidence. And then I get to the little intermediate school in Naugatuck, and no one hardly is there. The people that are there, we don't look at each other, um, and it's riddled with Trump signs, you know, just before the 70-foot the mark. And I don't know. I don't know how the Naugatuck Valley will go. From what I saw, the turnout 
hopefully everyone's just saving the best for last today. But from the signs I've seen and the lack of people, you know, bubbling with excitement or even at the polls at all, it will, I think, go differently than other parts of the state. Well, yes. First of all, you're in Naugatuck. You are kind of sitting almost at the top of the Donald Trump spinal column in Connecticut. So that Route 8 8 or the Naugatuck River, this is the absolute heart of Trump support in Connecticut. Uh, In all of those towns, starting at Waterbury and dropping all the way to the southern extreme of Route 8, uh, until you get to Bridgeport, of course, um, it was 70% for Trump in the Connecticut primaries, So, which was a much higher total than he posted anywhere else. So don't let let that distort your picture. You've got your first name. You know where you stand. Hillary, thanks for calling in today. I was thinking ways, like, should I just say my name out loud? But there was no one even there to listen. Right. (laughs) All right. So, uh, well, I would tell you to to juggle the feelings that you're having right now, but that would be sort of a cheap segue into our next guest. Uh, We are very excited to have coming back Michael Motion. He's a world-famous juggler performance artist. He pioneered the crystal ball juggling. He's a MacArthur Genius Grant recipient. He gives TED Talks. I could go on. He takes pictures of golden eagles, as it turns out, or or bald eagles, bald eagles, I guess, uh, when he's not juggling things, and he's joining us now. So that's how you began the day, Michael? You were taking pictures of eagles? Tell us about that. Yeah, Colin. Yeah, well, being a performance artist or being an artist, you look for the iconography, you look for the symbols, Mm -hmm. and you look for the kind of details that uh, set you going. And uh, I've been photographing the Eagles for a long time anyway, but I figured this was perfect timing to really go after getting some photos and and seeing what they had to say about the whole thing. So I was sort of trying to transmit my thoughts to them as I was photographing them to see where they stood on the whole election. Uh, so I sent you a couple of the pictures just a sampling. All right. We'll post them up at the WNPR.org website. You weren't able to divine their mood, though. What kind of mood the bald eagles were well, in? Well, you actually symbols. see one of, them, one of them where the eagle actually tucks his head underneath his wing. Oh, no. And uh, there's another one there where he's just sort of gazing off into the distance. And the two of them are perched uh, looking in opposite directions. I think it pretty much captures the mood right now. Yeah, I know. It's sort of a what have you people done? That's what the Eagles are asking us right now. So, yeah. so how's your mood? Did you, did you vote yet? Uh, oh, yes, I did vote. And I actually, I've had a really interesting day here already. I live in an area where there can be some very interesting people you run into. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went down to the country store and just asked James, who's one of the co-owners, along with his wife. And he had a, an Aaron Burr T-shirt on. <laughs> and he was talking with people about the election of 1800 and how crazy that got. And uh, so that was a whole history lesson right there. And he's very passionate about American history. So that was a lot of fun. Then I ended up going to the recycling station and asking the guy who ran that, Steve, uh, so how's the politics here? And he he said, no politics. We've been doing politics for a year and a half. No politics today. And uh, nobody's doing it. So then I went to vote. And it was just great because I ran into uh, a fellow artist here in town, uh, an elderly man who's just a great sculptor, and he actually did one of the pieces for the FDR Memorial in Washington, D.C., Wow, one of the uh, bronze pieces. And uh, so getting to talk with him, he and his wife and his uh, grown daughter were there, and they were sort of voting as a family together. And then going in and, and being online of like three people in front of me uh, and voting, it was... It was just wonderfully serene and simple and it's such a beautiful day. And it was capped off by the, the silliest thing you can 
imagined, which is getting in my car and then pulling out back onto the street, and I had to pull around a car whose license plate was G-O-O-F-Y. <laughs> I feel like there was an automotive thing the last time you were on, too, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, well. Like you had kind of car trouble or something. It's just so much fun to, to pick all those things out and, yeah. and say, oh, yeah, this is election day. Right. You can assemble a portrait of reality uh, yeah. based on these little details. Michael yeah. Motion, so great to talk to you. The only problem is I feel like I had an insufficiently colorful day now. It's not Norman Rockwell enough for me. I'm not, like, talking to people at the general store or seeing license plates uh, with things like that. So we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. We've got two more citizen observers. We've got a lot of callers, too. And who knows what will happen. Today's show was produced by Betsy Kaplan and me, Kyone Wolf. That's three producers, right? No, recount! Sir Ray Hardman appeared in the intro, and our interns are Sleepy and Happy Fisher. The part of Bill Curry was played by Susan Beisowitz. Watch our Facebook Live coverage all day on the WNPR Facebook page. On tomorrow's show, we sweep up the breakage. And now... Back to Colin. Yeah, we've got a post-election pl- show planned for you tomorrow, by which I mean we are going to do a show about the end of the election. That's the amount of, that's the amount of planning we've done because it's hard. How do you plan? Anyway, we promise it'll be great. Just the way that th- I love this show. It's, we're having a great time here just talking to people about what it's like to vote today, how it feels. We've got a couple of, um, of our regularly scheduled guests coming up here. But before we get to them, uh, let me go to Samantha. Samantha's calling in from Berlin. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Colin. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's going um, on? I just calling to say that um, I'm, well, I'm 29 years old, and uh, I voted for the first time today. Um, I feel like this was the first time in my life I actually paid enough attention to make, you know, an educated decision about something and make a vote on it. Um, and so the, my bowling place is the um, the American Legion in town, and, you know, Nice little old ladies when you walk in. They were all very nice and everything. And it was just so quiet in there. There was only about, like, eight other people in there. I think I was the youngest person by at least 10 or 20 years. Um, and nobody really ever, the parking lot seemed very full, but there was nobody inside, really. Um, I noticed a lot of people sitting in their cars. And, like I said, nobody said anything to me out in the parking lot. I know there's a 70-foot rule but i had parked way in the back you know and i passed a lot of people and nobody said a word they just stood there with their signs and i don't know i don't know what i was expecting but i think i was just kind of expecting something a little more i don't know exciting maybe not exciting i'm not really sure what word i'm even looking for raucous raucous you were expecting a raucous rumpus and you know that's the way elections were in america much more so say, about 130, 140 years ago. Uh, they tended to be uh, large, sprawling, raucous affairs with lots of uh, drinking and, and picnicking and partying and parading. Uh, and I think today, you know, I mean, Samantha's one of several people who said that it was quiet or subdued. I think people are so tense and so on edge, and we've been through so much that was raucous in this electoral season. Nobody wants to push anybody's buttons or do anything or say anything. I felt the same way. I sometimes 
will cause trouble at the polls. But even though, as usual, I was having trouble getting through the polls today, I didn't want to, you know, people are tense enough. They got enough on their minds. All right. Uh, we're going to go to one of our uh, regularly scheduled guests, and that is Jamil Raglan. Uh, he is the, one of the co-founders uh, of a publication uh, called, uh, what is it called? It's called Daily Nutmegery? Nutmegery Daily, right? Uh, help me get it right. Yep, uh, www.nutmakerdaily.com. Okay, and um, also uh, one of the uh, trio responsible for our own radius project here uh, at WNPR. So I'm assuming you voted in Hartford today. Yes, sir. Yes, I voted at the uh, Parker Memorial Center on Main Street in the North End. And how'd that go? It went really well, actually. I usually vote pretty late at uh, night after work, like usually around 6 or 7 o'clock. But today I decided to, you know, go early and get it done around 6.30, 6 6.45. I got there about 6.50, and there was a line of people not out of, the, out of the building but approaching leaving the building. And it was actually the most people I've ever seen at a polling place before. And so that was actually pretty exciting. It was really exciting to see some of my neighbors there who were volunteering, helping people get um, their materials together to – uh, vote and seeing some of my neighbors there that were ready to vote. So it was really exciting to see that. And, you know, people have described uh, a kind of hush uh, in some of the places that they've been voting. What was it like there? Were people's moods uh, noticeable? Were people excited? Were they vocal and verbal? Yeah, people seemed um, excited where I was. Um, there were people standing outside talking. They, they observed the, um, the rule, as the caller before mentioned. They weren't, you know, soliciting or saying anything about politics, about, you know, who I should vote for, but there were people standing outside talking when I walked past. There were people inside that were talking, and they were, um, you know, everyone was really friendly and really, you know, wide awake at 630, <laughs> which is surprising to me, but um, it was actually a really nice atmosphere. I, you know, went in and got done pretty quickly, thankfully, but even still, even just being around the people, that were excited to vote and, you know, ready to basically make their voices heard is really exciting. All right. Well, Jamil Raglan, uh, thank you so much for being a part of this uh, round robin that we're doing here today. Jamil Raglan, co-founder of NutmakerDaily.com. This is in Hartford. All right. Uh, before we go to our final scheduled guest, uh, who is Miles Alderman, who uh, is one of the people who had to wait for uh, more than two hours uh, today. Uh, let's see. Well, let's go quickly uh, check in with Paul in Cheshire. Hi, Paul. You're on the air. How you doing, Colin? Okay. Hey, uh, first of all, uh, that interview with uh, Richard Dreyfuss was absolutely great. You two guys really seem to be on the same wavelength. Oh, yeah, like we're BFFs now. <laughs> totally. I just called in to uh, tell Betsy Kaplan that uh, Bill Bryson did a book on uh, on uh, Australia that's really great, and it uh, tells, like, all over the whole country. And uh, she, you know, is going to have a lot of time on the trip getting there, so maybe she might want to read it. It would give her a real... Uh, Heads up on what's like to be in Australia. She's mainly worried about something biting her. So if there's anything, are there people get bitten by things yeah, uh, in the book? Yeah, he a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. He does go into detail about that? Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, well, it's nice of you to think about Betsy Kaplan on a day like this. We're thinking about Betsy Kaplan. We'd happily do the entire show about Betsy Kaplan. Maybe we will one of these days. Maybe while she's gone, we'll do a show about Betsy Kaplan where we, you know, Bring up some things that haven't come out so far. Uh, but right now we've got to pay attention to this election. I did say that Miles Alderman would be joining us. Miles Alderman, uh, in fact, did wait two and a half hours to vote in New Haven this morning. We'll find out uh, what that was like. Uh, first of all, Miles, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm assuming that was that was not the amount of time that you had mentally budgeted for your voting experience today. 
No, not at all. Um, I've heard about long lines in the past. I went to school in a small town in Ohio where in 2004 they had a 10-hour line. But I figured that was something of the past. When I voted more recently, there had been no line. And so to show up at 7.30 and see the line literally around the block of, of um, the town hall in New Haven was, was a shock to me. And did anybody offer a working hypothesis about why this was happening? Um, while we were far away, we didn't know why there was a long line. When we got close, it became very evident. There were only five polling booths um, in the station, and there was only one set of people looking at names. Um, and so the, the holdup was really that there were only five places to fill out your ballot for the hundreds and hundreds of people who were in line. Oh, so like those little privacy boothy things, those places, that, that, was the, that was kind of a bottleneck there? It absolutely was, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll get right on that. <laughs> yeah, no, the, well, you know, someone came out while we were waiting and said, you know, we have a call into the Secretary of State to get more, more privacy areas set up so we can move quicker. And, you know, sure enough, things started to speed up. The line was just as long as when I got there, though, when I left at 10 a.m. Yeah. So. And, but you're, you don't sound terribly cranky about it anymore. I'd be annoyed if I had to wait in line for two and a half hours. No, I wasn't annoyed at all. It's, a, it's an honor to, to be able to, to vote in this election. There are so many people who have sacrificed so much to, to vote. And to wait in two, for, for two hours is, is nothing in comparison to those sacrifices. And so it really wasn't, it, it wasn't even something I thought about in terms of leaving or being upset. I just didn't feel I could be upset about it. All right. Well, Miles Alderman, you're a great American, uh, and I, I wish there were more people uh, who took your approach to these things or had your emotional, I don't know, compass. Uh, let's uh, talk to Lucy in Easton. Oh, this is good. Geographically, it's good we're getting over towards Easton now. Uh, Lucy, you're on the air. What's going Hello. on? What's going on? I am in a fabulous mood. This is the most wonderful day. I want to take whatever you're taking. Uh, right. So what was what was your experience voting today? You voted early, right? I voted early. I was first in line, um, so I voted at 6 o'clock. So when you say you were first in line, you voted at 6 o'clock, that suggests to me that you got to the polling place even earlier than 6 o'clock. 5.20. 5.20. Now, that's <laughs> that's devotion worthy of possibly a better cause. I don't know. what. You know, why, why were you in line at 5.20? What was going through your mind? Why it did you want to be first? It occurred to me yesterday that I wanted to be the first one to speak my mind yeah, and to vote the way I, I felt and to finally do something to put an end to all this nastiness of the last two years. Well, so, so you, your heart is at peace now. Yes. I've been in the most fabulous mood all day. Um, I have to say I got there at 520. There's uh, another gentleman got there just after I did, so I almost missed my first place. And... Um, when they opened the door at 6 o'clock, there were at least 50 people, maybe more, in line, which is unbelievable because this is a, a town of uh, between seven and 8,000 people. Yes, in the greater Bridgeport area, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, we're Fairfield County, um, right off the parkway. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks so much. Uh, you'll probably fall asleep before the election results come in. But uh, somebody will wake you up and tell you what actually happened. But you were getting a lot about it. Will just tweeted us. He's been voting every year for 40 years in Meriden. This is the first time there was a huge line just now. He said it was great, except for the part about having to wait in a huge line. Do I have time? Uh, Nicole from Wallingford, if you could do this quickly, we can squeeze your call in before the end of the show. Go ahead. Tell us what happened. Yes. Hi. I have a six-year-old daughter that I was very proud to bring with me today. She was also enthusiastic about it. 
Um, and we had a nice experience. We saw lots of neighbors. It was a very friendly experience. But I just felt, you know, this being a historic election, I was excited to bring her with me. I felt some pride in that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a gateway drug. You get them hooked early, and then they uh, they keep doing it. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I'll just close by saying, first of all, now that I've, <laughs> I was cranky today because they couldn't find me on the list, and they had me at the wrong address, and then I went over to the scanner, and the scanner wasn't uh, was jamming, so the guy like kept shaking it and jiggling it. But after every ballot, he had to sort of shake the scanner like you know, like a washing machine on a spin cycle or something. I'm thinking that it worries me even just that he's shaking it like that. And then by the time I got there, he said, uh, you know, just put yours in the auxiliary slot. That's the they put all the ballots that are going to have to be run through later when the scanner's working and. I felt a little deflating. They gave me a sticker that said, I auxiliary voted, you know, so it just doesn't. But then I listened to Miles. He was in line for two and a half hours, and he thinks it's a great honor and a privilege to, you know, to do what you have to do to vote. So that's completely changed my thinking about it. But the other thing that Nicole just said, and it's kind of why we do the show this way, is this is one of our great civic rituals. And one of the reasons you go to vote, particularly in a state like Connecticut, where, let's face it, you know, the outcome is pretty foreordained. Uh, but why do you go out? Because your neighbors are there, because there's some way in which this is an experience that we all share. It's something that we all go through together. You know, it, it is. We don't have that many civic rituals in America. You know, we don't have kings and queens and jubilees for them and stuff like that. We have this. We have this act of choosing and voting. So it's one of the reasons we like to get a lot of people together uh, and uh, and let them talk a little bit about what it felt like to vote today. If you haven't voted, I hope this all inspires you. Miles waited for two and a half hours. You could probably go out there and, you know, wait for 20 minutes if that's what it took. The lines are moving fast uh, in most places. Where I was, it moved very fast, except for me. Anyway, uh, no, even I move fast, too. All right, thanks to everybody who helped out. Kion Wolf gathering up some voices from the streets for us. Betsy Kaplan for producing the show. Jonathan McPants on phones. We'll be back tomorrow with our post-election potluck potpourri thing situation deal. This just in, the winner of the 2016 presidential election is the company that makes the I Voted stickers.